The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. I'm joined this morning by Brenda Power, columnist with the Sunday Times and the Irish Daily Mail, and Lauren Boland, reporter at uh, thejournal.ie. And before the break, Alistair Campbell was uh, talking about Boris Johnson's political future, but he made reference to the Matt Hancock story and asked, was it getting much traction in Ireland? Ultimately, the answer is no, it's not getting a great degree of traction this side of the Irish Sea. It is, Lauren, getting a lot of traction the other side of the Irish Sea. What exactly has emerged? It is. And and so for anyone who maybe doesn't remember, Matt Hancock was the health secretary over there during COVID-19. So obviously he was at the centre of making lots of these big decisions around lockdowns and how that was impacting schools and nursing homes and, and all, all of the decisions we had to make here as well. But but what's happened now is that um, he was working with a journalist um, to put together a memoir and he sent the journalist uh, around 100,000 WhatsApp messages, which is a crazy number of messages. 100,000 yeah. WhatsApp. You'd wonder how you'd, how you'd ever get through that to put a book <laughs> together on it. But um, but the, the journalist has now actually leaked those messages um, and they cover a huge range of, you know, kind of... Um, discussions about various decisions so things like um you know testing in nursing homes or 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 their their targets for how many covid tests they wanted to have a day you know what what the kind of uh, rules would be for you know children in schools whether schools should be open um and and also some kind of i suppose internal political struggles between you know him and other members of cabinet and, and as Alistair was pointing out him and Rishi Sunak over the eat out to help out scheme yeah. seems to be at the heart of this yeah so so the the eat out to help out scheme so that was one that they they were doing to try and encourage people to get out and, and, and back to restaurants as those were reopening by giving some discounts. And um, Matt Hancock didn't want it to be extended. Um, he was saying that uh, there's a message here where he doesn't kind of explain exactly what the problem was, but he's, he's just telling someone that um, we had lots of feedback that the eat out to help out is causing problems in our intervention areas. I've kept it out of the news, but it's serious. So please, please, let's not allow the economic success of the scheme to lead to its extension. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's interesting seeing what's going on behind the scenes at the time. The manner, Brenda, of this coming into the public, uh, my understanding was that when a journalist was working with a source, one of the things they were meant to do was keep things quiet. I think she also signed an NDA agreement and has breached that by leaking these, as you say, 100,000. And, and, and I mean, if any of us had to go and review our, our texts, even in a professional capacity, you really wouldn't like to see them on the front page of the Daily Telegraph or any newspaper. 100,000 though. I mean, could you imagine know, sending 100,000? Well, as Lauren said, how do you get much else done in that time? Um, I, I, I have to say, I love Alistair Campbell's uh, podcast, but his hatred of Boris Johnson is just visceral, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's absolutely unconditional he's, he's, he's fantastic yes those colours have class. been firmly nailed to a mast <laughs> yeah, I don't they? think I get off the fence Alistair I don't think that's an issue we should move to stories close at home front page of the Irish Times uh, Brenda the um, headline Enoch Burke students and parents support me this is Enoch Burke who uh, has now racked up fi- high court fines of 20 something thousand euro still continues to stand outside his, the school which formerly employed him but now says that people are sending him notes and scones that would not surprise me I have to say Anton I mean on a human level you would have to have some sympathy for the position in which he has put himself and there's no question that this is entirely of his own making although I have heard suggestions that maybe this wasn't handled in the most wise or or you know, clever way from the very beginning. But at the same time, this was a teacher who is known to these pupils and to these parents. There must be some who have sympathy for him. I have no doubt. This emerged apparently in an affidavit that he presented to the court yesterday and said that there is support for him. I'm sure there is. I I have to say, I feel sorry for him. I think he cuts a very forlorn figure standing outside the school there day after day. Whatever you think of his reasoning, I think you have to feel sorry for somebody who is clearly a hugely intelligent man of great promise, who is effectively 
destroyed his his life. I mean, he's he's facing these massive fines. The judge has said he there won't be a sequestration of his assets. He's not going to be committed to jail. So he's it's clearly going to be a massive judgment against him that will prevent him ever being able to buy a house or get a mortgage. You know, whatever you but think of the reasoning. But does the sympathy not dissolve when it is so clearly your own petard yeah, on which you have been or with which you have been hoisted? Absolutely, but it is clearly something he is simply not in a position to, 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 to amend and to stop doing. And, I, you know, as I say, whatever his reasons and whatever you think of his reasons, I would have no doubt that he's telling the truth when he says that on a human level people feel sorry for him. Do you think, Lauren, he has a clear objective in any of this? How does this end up resolving? Because they tried jail, that didn't work. They've tried fines, that's not working either. How do we ever get to a conclusion? I, I mean, I think that's what the school and the court are wondering as well, really, isn't it? Um, and I think on, on the sympathy point, I think wh- whether there are people who do have some sympathy for him, there's also very clearly a lot of people who don't in the school environment. So we, we can remember the school, the Students' Council wrote him a letter a while back outlining their concerns about how the whole ordeal was kind of disrupting their learning experience, mm-hmm. that they felt like mm-hmm. senior management in the school had to spend so much time, you know, thinking about this and working on this that, you know, actually the, on the ground, like the students and what they needed day to day was being affected by that. Um, and of course, the students themselves was at the, the, the centre of this. You can imagine, I mean, going to school, you know, your school days are difficult under ordinary circumstances. It's very difficult now for this particular student who's kind of been put at the centre of all of this for, for an affair that, you know, is nearly going to have been running for a whole year, mm-hmm. really, because we only kind of started to hear about it, I think it was towards the end of the summer, September, but it had started before the summer. And, and we're do, into do March now. Do you share Brenda's sympathy for him on a personal level? This is a man who has got himself in a position where his employability will undoubtedly have been impacted and the rest of his life will, to a greater or lesser degree, be impacted by this. Well, it's, it's, it's his decision to keep going to the school every day. Do you know what I mean? He, mm. he could stop at any moment. He could, of course. I'm not saying that he couldn't. He absolutely could. And 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 again, I have no idea how he sees this ending or how anybody sees this ending. Um, you know, it, it does appear quite heavy-handed on one hand to be hitting him with the with the sort of fines that he is facing simply for standing outside the school on a day-to-day basis. You'd wonder maybe if the media went away and the lawyers went away, and 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 he was just ignored. I mean, there are people outside the doll every single day protesting about all kinds of things and nobody is taking injunctions to prevent them. So, I mean, he's entitled to express his opinions. Is there, are, really, there have been a set of behaviours around it? the methodology in this that are sufficiently unusual to keep returning it to media attention. I mean, some of the High Court appearances where you mm, appear oh when no. you're not on the list and no. begin to shout at a High Court judge, these are the kind of things that people notice. It's oh, not of the course, norm. Uh, of course. But I mean, as I say, if, 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 if maybe the whole intensity of the the issue was dialed down a little bit would it would it fade away I don't know well, although I do know I mean I have spoken to uh, journalists who are familiar with it and say even if there was no media coverage even if there was no legal coverage he'd still be there every day there so, has to come a point that well I mean you would have thought the sentence there has to come a point you'd have thought we've passed that point so far but is this the rest of his life standing outside the school racking up high court fines who knows who knows we move to a story inside the Irish Examiner. Uh, page four of the Irish Examiner. Levy on alcohol industry akin to polluter pays is possible. This is a suggestion that the alcohol industry may have to cough up money uh, to cover the level of uh, physical uh, harms and uh, emotional, psychological harms that the drug that they sell cause. Lauren, do you think there's any chance of this happening? 
Look, I suppose we're looking at all a, a lot of kind of reform, or maybe reform is a strong word, but kind of tweaks, I suppose, to, to how we handle alcohol with this new bill, you know, with clubs opening later and, um, you know, who, who are, who's able to get licences and things. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if it went through just in the sense that it's an opportune moment, given that there is this kind of piece of legislation going on with it right now. Um, it's an interesting one because I guess it's coming at it from the, the opposite side to what we saw, you know, with the... Uh, the minimum unit pricing, which obviously there was, you know, was quite a divisive subject. So, um, you know, the the point being that, uh, or the idea behind the, the this this levy would be that, um, you know, suppliers would pay for it, um, and or, or would or would pay a sort of fee on uh, their their license fee. Sorry, pay a levy on their license fee, and that that money would then, um go towards kind of, you know, researcher or initiatives that are around kind of reducing alcohol harm. Um, so, you know, probably probably that probably would be useful yeah, if it did go through. I mean, the only the only difficulty is obviously this is going to amount to an increase in the price of alcohol and the minimum pricing, certainly the, the, the Scottish model, which we followed, suggests that that doesn't actually reduce problem drinking. That the people who have serious issues with alcohol will simply cut back on food and heating and utilities. And I mean, that will be the effect of this as well. I can see the, the, the rationale for it. And I mean, it must be desperately infuriating for people in emergency rooms, people working in emergency departments of hospitals to see the percentage of this, particularly their weekend clientele who are there for one reason and one reason only. And and, and I mean, that is, that is indefensible for sure. But whether a levy really, even if it was ring-fenced to, to address, you know, as I say, the sexual assaults, uh, public order offences, increased noise levels, all the pro- issues that the Gardaí uh, report and we all know of as a result of alcohol, will will it actually have any effect on, on consumption? I don't believe it would. I, one really. of the things that always baffles me is if you take any issue around which there is legitimate concern about people being killed or injured, whether mm-hmm. it be drownings, whether it be road safety, whether it be anything else, There'll regularly be upheaval, there'll be a lot of coverage on it. When you juxtapose it with the harms done by alcohol, all of them are as nothing. I mean, if you look at the CSO figures, booze is the thing that kills Mm. people. That's simple. But we never tackle it like we tackle the other big killers. No, we don't. And I mean, it's a factor. It's a a factor in, I think, uh, certainly a a large proportion of, say, road accidents, of suicides. You know, it 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 is a really, really serious issue that deserves to be tackled. The question is, how do you tackle it? And it, it, the, the, the evidence certainly of, of the Scottish experience, and I think to, to some extent our own experience of minimum pricing has been that doesn't actually stop people It's, it's a much wider social problem. We're never going to fix this by by tinkering around the edge mm. with, you know, charges on alcohol. It is ultimately a social problem. It's linked, you know, things like housing, unemployment, um, even, you know, healthcare, mm. and, and which obviously have knock-on effects in so many other ways on our society as well. So, mm. you know, it is going to be those ultimately where the, the root of it will lie. Let's yeah. go to one that may be um, simply soluble. At least I think it is, and it slightly confuses me as to why nobody has taken this approach. Drones in Dublin Airport. Yeah. Surely the army is neck deep in shotguns and surely that's the solution. But apparently there's a gadget. I heard Michael O'Leary, he was very funny on the radio yesterday when he heard that the, the, the minister's proposal is to bring a memo to cabinet about this next week. He said, oh, absolutely. The drone operators are going to be quaking in their boots at the thought of Eamon Ryan's memos. And apparently there are gadgets available. He says 100,000, but, but I mean, privately available that fire a net 
and trap the zone like a big bird and catch the net and uh, catch the, the drone and bring it down. And that there is all kinds of uh, technology blocking devices that you can buy. It just seems bizarre that we are now into, I don't know how many weeks this has been going on. Um, and, and nothing seems capable of being done. And flights diverted, people were diverted to Belfast, to Shannon, who had expected to land on a Ryanair flight in Dublin uh, last week. I mean, that's just inexcusable. And to say we need legislation and we need, you know, we need to look into this and we need to see the wider societal impact of whatever legislation we are proposing to draft is absolute nonsense. I completely share Michael O'Leary's frustration. Get the nets out or shoot the bloody things down. Well, can you explain this, Lauren? Because I, I generally run a policy which is most issues are more complicated than they look at face value and maybe <laughs> there's something you're missing. And I've given a lot of thought to try to figure out the what is the bit that I'm missing in this. I still haven't come up with how yeah. it takes so long to solve some Muppet flying a drone around. It, and mm. it's funny, Anton, because actually that's kind of what Eamon Ryan then came on when he followed up to Michael O'Leary. He came on radio yesterday and saying that, well, actually, it's not as simple as Michael O'Leary said. That was his line. Um... I think I suppose the issue is you can't really go out with a gun and shoot it down. Why? And it's the airport. People live, people the live army, in the air. The, the, the army do nothing except shoot at things and make sure they uh, don't shoot at the wrong things. Now, That's literally all they do. Have you seen a drone? They are, they're very small, very quick objects moving in the air. Have you seen air. a clay pigeon? It's very small <laughs> yes. people shoot them all the time. Well, look, I suppose they are working on it now getting this kind of technology. I mean, Ryan, what he's saying is that it's going to take a few weeks to make the decision. The, the question there is, well, why, you know, if it was going to take a few weeks to make this decision, why wasn't it made a few weeks ago when the issue started? Or better yet, why wasn't it made a few years ago when we saw yeah. similar situation happening in the UK? Why, why, you know, we are very slow, I think, sometimes in this country to take preventative action to kind of forecast what the problem might be in the future. And, you know, that's not just drones, that's education, I'll, I'll that's health, that's climate change, it's everything, really. Say, Michael O'Leary at it. If Michael O'Leary has €100,000 in his back pocket, go and buy the gadget, put it up there. And like he said, who's going to sue me? <laughs> 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 you trapped my, my drone as it was flying over, you know, runway five. The one thing that will sharpen the mind, it has to be said, is there isn't a snowball's chance of Air Force One coming into Dublin Airport mm. when there are drones mm. flying mm. around. Yeah, and true. there isn't the snowball's chance in hell that they will allow drones to prevent Air Force well, One coming in. Well, here's the thing. The Secret Service apparently have already sent over some advance party to check out our security system. Let them at the drones. I tell you, they'll make sure it works. Outs- well, outsourcing the solution. Well, I heard an, an aviation analyst on with uh, Pat Kenny who was saying that somebody had told him that when Air Force One came into Shannon that effectively it radar jams everything within a 60 mile exactly. radius. Nothing happens when it's around. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be the end of the matter if he does go ahead with his proposed visit to Mark. I still yeah, think shotguns Friday. are the... I think somewhere there is a bunch <laughs> of army rangers going, we'd sort that in two days I if you like let us out. the idea, the big butterfly net. <laughs> That's because you're such a pacifist, Brenda. That is... Uh, Brenda Power, a columnist with the Sunday Times and the Irish Daily Mail and of course Lauren Bowen, reporter at thejournal.ie The Anton Savage Show Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.